Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ask a Dancer, the podcast where we interview performers across a wide range of performing arts genres. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm the principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Today's guest on Ask a Dancer is musical theatre superstar Kurt Phelan. If you have a suggestion for a guest, someone you'd love us to interview, make sure you get in touch. Tweet us at DanceStacey and use the hashtag AskADancer. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. This will help us share our love of dance with as many aspiring dancers as possible. Ask a Dancer is made possible with the support of Dance Around the World. Dance Around the World are the dance tour specialists, providing dancers and dance studios with the opportunity to see their name up in lights all over the world. Would you love to dance down the main street of Disneyland, perform on the Hollywood Walk of Fame or take class at the Abbey Lee Dance Company? Dance Around the World can make that dream a reality. Get your dance teacher to get in touch with Ross and her awesome staff by contacting them at dancearoundtheworld.com.au. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Ask a Dancer and now let's get Kurt on the line. Okay, let's go. Welcome to Ask a Dancer, Kurt Phelan. Oh, hello. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I see you uh, on social media jumping all around the world, having this fabulous career. Oh, uh, yeah, I have been I have been all around the place. It's nice to be home, to tell you the truth. That's good. We'll get into where you've been and, and what you've been up to in a little bit. But I wanted to start with uh, where you started um, and what's led you to this fabulous career. Where did you start dancing and who influenced you most in those early years of your training? Well, I started, actually, I started le- uh, learning dancing in air. Um, my sister used to, well, she used to dance with Greg Stockham, but um, her aesthetic routines were always done by um, a woman called Janita Picararo, who's a good family friend. Cool. And so we used to go out to Millaroo, the Millaroo Hall, and I would have to sit there as a young kid, and my sister was eight years older, and yeah. wait for her to finish class, and before I knew it, I was copying what she was doing, and then when we would drive to Townsville, when she went to Ann Roberts uh, School of Dancing, yeah. um, the same thing used to happen, but then by then I was kind of three or four, and I used to copy what she was doing, mum being an ex-ballet teacher when she was younger um, kind of went, hey, that's pretty good for a three-year-old, but put him into class. <laughs> awesome. And um, that was kind of babysitting and also kind of, you know, uh, a nurturing of talent, I suppose. You are the true chorus line story come to life. <laughs> I can do that. You My can poor do sister. that. Absolutely. <laughs> and can, can I ask, did your sister go on to a, a career as well? Yeah, well, look, um, Lisa was Australian, uh, Australasian uh, Highland Dancing Champion. Fabulous. In 1990, and she was amazing and very, very good and did her advanced RAD and all of that. But, um, you know, I mean, as siblings, we've spoken about it, and she said to me, um, I, just didn't, I just didn't want it that much. I kind, of, I kind of was interested in other things, and which is a great lesson to learn. I think there was a bit of a... I mean, she's a psychologist now and uh, basically runs a clinical health unit for the Queensland. Um, but she's as high up as she can get in her job. So um, I think it's a great lesson to, from, that I take into teaching kids now that um, people just do it for fun. Yeah. Maybe one or two out of a class could or might have a career, but it's so difficult. I think when I was growing up, there was an onus on, you're doing dancing when you're 17 at 
high school, so that means you have to become a dancer. Yeah. And it's not necessary it's not necessarily the case. Dancing's no. just the best the best fun you can have on two legs. <laughs> oh, isn't it what? It absolutely is. Yeah. And it's important for dancers no matter what their age to understand that the love of it has to come first, yeah? Exactly. And I mean, I uh, twice in my life I've quit dancing. Um, once when I was in grade six because it got extremely difficult with bullying and I just said to mum, I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to lose like this. Um, and she said, okay, well, if you don't want to dance, well, you know, don't, don't do it for a year. And I missed out on the concert and I went to see the concert and cried through most of it. Oh, <laughs> you missed and then it. I was like, I don't want to go back to dancing. Um, and the other time I walked away was um, when I went to NIDA and studied acting. And I, um, I I just was burnt out. I was 25. I'd done eight musicals in a row and been the featured dancer in all of them. And I just I just lost love for it. And I really didn't want to do it anymore. And um, I went to acting school. And at acting school, everyone was trying to get me to dance. And I just kept saying no. And I barreled up. And I just wouldn't, I wouldn't move for anyone. Yeah. Um, and then... Once I graduated, I was offered this amazing job, and it was a physical theatre piece. So it was mostly it was an hour and a half play called Tender Napalm, and it's the most stunning script. And the entire thing was moved, and it was choreographed by Gary Stewart, who's wow. the artistic director of ADT. Yeah. And now, as a dancer, I always wanted to work with Gary. Yeah. Or Gary, <laughs> and I never got the chance. And here I am as an actor, working for him. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Um, and it was amazing. And I think that really sparked my mind of thinking, no, actually, you can have both. Yes. I mean, my, my head movement lecturer at NIDA said, you need to you need to hate it to get it out of your system, but you will realise that it's something that sets you apart from other people. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned briefly there about bullying when you're in year six. I, I bet that was a really tough time and having to choose between what you really wanted to do and what you thought you should do. How did you get through that and what did you learn from it? I think that set me up for how bad it would get by grade 12. Like, grade 12 was pretty intense. Um, yeah, I mean, not to put a downer on things, but I was put in hospital a few times and for one of a better phrase, kind of beaten within an inch of my life a few times. Oh. Um, and it... I mean, this grade six kind of thing actually circled around a teacher, to be honest. Wow. Um, and a teacher who said, because I was bad at maths, I would I would never excel at anything in life. And, and I had too much of an artistic flair and she worried about my future for a family and all this. Like, it was wow. really outrageous. Yeah. When I look back at it now as an adult, I can't believe that an education... Uh, professional, professional yeah. would be able to say that. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, uh, I think what really made things better is that you have to be determined. Um, no one's going to hand you a dancing job or an acting job. Yep. Um, and you're going to rock up to an audition with 60, maybe if you're lucky, 60 to 100 people that do what you do and do it just as well. Yep. And so if you don't have that determination and that drive, um, you will you really should do something else. Yeah. You know, part of it is part of it is persistence. Um, it's not always just raw talent. I know a lot of dancers who weren't very um, technically talented for want of a better word, but they're some of the best dancers in the country because they worked like crazy. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's what I got from having it be so difficult, you know, and resilience and um, thick skin yep. as well. And wanting it bad enough. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else that I'm good at, so I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just so happens that you're really good at this, so it's worked out well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so what was your first big break as a performer after you got through that really tough time and, and came out the other side determined that that's what you wanted to do? Who gave you your first break and what did you learn? Probably David Atkins gave me my first break. My first proper role was in Singing in the Rain, the original version that they did with Todd McKenney. Yeah. And I, I mean, a man called Drew Anthony did a workshop in council when I was in grade 12 and said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be in musicals. And he said, great, I need to talk to your parents and we need to formulate a plan. Yep. And Drew ended up wow. being the associate, uh, the assistant director. Um, so he introduced me to David in the auditions and said, you know, because I was just turned 18 and so that was my first big thing and from that I kind of then went on to quite a few musicals and now it's it's great because I see David in a foyer or at an event and now I've finally kind of become a leading man and I've done dirty dancing and stuff. Like he saw me at this, at Singing in the Rain opening night of this one and he was like, oh, I'm so proud of you and it's Aww. nice to have that conversation as an adult and as like man to man rather than I felt like a child back then. Yeah. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was really grown up, but geez, I look back on photos and I think, wow, I can't believe I was on tour with those people when I was 18. But some incredible people and, and real movers and shakers in the Australian performing arts industry. That's really awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So do you have, from the musicals that you have done, or all the performances you've done, actually, do you have a performance that stands out? Yeah, I think Tender Napalm does because... I mean, it was for the Brisbane Festival and I was at a theatre company called Le Bois, which is in yes. Brisbane. And it just, I mean, I was nominated for four or five awards for Best Actor in a Main Stage Play. And I was also nominated for an Australian Dance Award for it. Amazing. Um, I just feel like it was it, it was a long time coming. I, I always knew I had the capacity to do something really like it's a beautiful story and if anyone can find it online or get it from the library it's a, it's a very harshly worded play but when you look through the language it's quite poetic and quite beautiful and quite heartbreaking it's about a couple who lose a child and they're very young and they're trying to keep their relationship together but they just can't and and mixing that with this beautiful contemporary dance and wow. um i just feel like it was Finally, I got to use almost all of my ability to its nth degree, and yeah. and people loved it. So that was great. I mean, Even better. There will always be a soft spot for things like singing in the rain, and of course, dirty dancing. That was such a huge thing that I didn't have any creative control over shows like that. You get yeah. told what to say, where to stand, what to wear. Whereas when you create a show and you're an actor and you're in a show like that, you really have control over the content awesome so along with gary stewart you've obviously worked with david atkins some fabulous choreographers is there anyone that stands out that you really have enjoyed working with that's a hard one because everyone has their own little thing that's great um to be honest i really loved working with jane Pirani when i was growing up in awesome. extensions so jane was the artistic director of dance north when i lived yes. in townsville um, and am I right in saying she's now running Anne Roberts School of Dance, which was her mum's studio? She is. She's taken over her mum's school, yeah. Um, Amazing. 
But I really, really enjoyed, I mean, it formulated a lot because now I'm a choreographer and I'm a theatre maker with friends of mine from NIDA. And it really formulated a lot of how I create movement yeah. as well when I, when I kind of learnt how to create stuff through Jane will devise things with you and then clean them and make them hers. She doesn't just tell you what to do. And it was really special to have that as a teenager. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was actually quite, um, I don't think, like when I got to be professional and people would say, wait, you worked with Jane Karani? She's artistic director of Dance North. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of dawned on me. Like I took it for granted a little bit, but I would probably say formatively that was one of the best ex- um, best experiences. I've had some shockers, though. <laughs> um, are you not going to tell us names or you are? Uh, when you have always wanted to work with someone yes. and then you're standing in a room with someone and you just go, oh, I hope I don't get this show because you are, we do not work well together. Oh, yeah, it's very interesting when that happens. It's only happened a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. You've just, uh, <laughs> just in case you get into trouble, we have just seen on social media that you've been out and about performing your own show in New York City. Tell us about that and how that came about. Yeah, well, um, I spent last year doing Dirty Dancing and I kind of got a lot of followers through that and I wanted to do a cabaret show that was very me. Yeah. Um, I spent so long last year being someone else yeah. and and a lot of people thought that that's who I was as a person. Um, and to be honest, I'm anything but. Um, so I wanted to kind of just be, just have fun and sing some songs and tell some jokes. And I it got picked up by the Butterfly Club in Melbourne and then I took it to Perth and Adelaide. And I was always going to go to New York to see shows after Dirty Dancing, but I got a film, so I had to, I had to um, postpone my trip, and I had a ticket there to use. And I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in New York who was a producer, and he said, um, why don't you come over at summer? I was talking to a venue, and they said they'd love to have some Australian content come through the venue. So oh, I got in con- Yeah, I got in contact with them, and it was as easy as sending my press release and my photos and my CV, and they went, yep, we'd love to have your show. Oh. And so I had to get myself there, and I I did two shows, and they added a third. That's incredible. And Congratulations. And I was off Broadway doing my, my one-man cabaret. It was really quite strange and excellent and stressful and scary and exciting. and Yeah, it was everything in one, one go. They're it was best, quite full on. Yeah, moments like that when you're out of your comfort zone and it's scary and exciting all at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'd done the show for about two weeks leading up to it. Um, but I had to rewrite some of the show too because the Australian jokes wouldn't work. So no. I had to change names of people. And, um, but look, the, the Americans just loved it. You know, it was amazing. There was a Thursday night, my opening night, there was a room of people, maybe 60, it only fits 65. Um, and I had maybe 10 people I knew and the other people I'd never met before in my life. That's incredible. Um, yeah, just to come to see, oh, we love those arty singers. And they all just <laughs> and waited around to meet me. And oh, yeah, it's pretty excellent. So I bet you've got a whole lot more followers on social media now. Yeah, I do. I do. It's, um, <laughs> you know, I don't really know who 
Shaniqua Malik is, but she lives in Jersey somewhere. <laughs> and loves you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm still, in, I'm still in charge of all my socials. So after Dirty Dancing, they handed them back to me. Yeah. Um, so I can, every time I get a new follower, I kind of look at who they are and thank them. And, you know, yeah. but when I was in New York, I was like, oh, I can't do this. I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Oh, I want to come back to that as far as, um, as social media. But you mentioned they handed it back to you. Was there so much stuff? Were you so busy during Dirty Dancing that the social media side of things you just didn't have time for? Uh, it was more about content, okay. um, to be honest. Um, they wanted certain things posted at certain times and um, uh, kind of kind of wanted to not screen uh, per se because they, um, the publicity department like, trusted me and yeah. all of that. But... Um, they it's important the message is the message that they want. Yeah, they have they have a brand to look after, and the show yeah. does its own publicity. But our publicity used to support them, so um, uh, it was like a percentage thing. I would post twenty percent, and they used to have eighty percent, and that. But they used to handle all the show stuff, so that was great. Yeah. And what it mostly was about was making sure that the hashtags and the at such and such linked into the correct producers and yep. like it's actually very complicated to get all that linked yeah um so they would just take care of that so i could just focus on the show which was great <laughs> awesome and talking about the show itself huge you were on stage for 90 97 of the time how did you handle that amount of work and eight shows a week and the touring and everything else that went with it yeah it was quite epic it, to be honest, it really did take its toll because I always had to have a very happy, brave, charming face on for the cast and I was the leader of the team, so I had to be the captain, you know. Yeah. And um, I got severely injured during Brisbane. I Kirby slipped out of my hand and I caught her just at the time for her to land on my fist and I put my hand through three ribs and cracked my sternum. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, doesn't tickle. Yeah, but me being me, I kind of just had a week off and went back to work. Yeah. And the entire show was right-handed. All the lifts are right-handed because you're standing in ballroom stance and then the left is the holding arm and the right is the working arm. So, yeah, that was really difficult. And then the pain and me trying to pursue with the show and having to keep the gym up because yeah. I would lose about eight kilos in a week from Tuesday to Sunday. Wow. Um, and then I had a... I had a nutritionist working with me, which was great. Um, she used to be Kathy Freeman's nutritionist. And um, basically, I would just spend Monday eating everything. <laughs> and then me. Tuesday, start working out again. But yeah. I actually ended up with quite a bit of anxiety towards Perth and, and a downward spiral. And I mean, any performer putting their heart on their sleeve, it, it, it's hard to explain. I suppose it's a form of depression or or anxiety, but it's that performance anxiety of everyone is looking at me and I have a girl above my head and I also don't have a rib cage at the moment. And yeah. what, if, what if, the what ifs creep in. Yeah. What if I drop her? What if I can't finish the show? What if I can't dance next week? Yeah. But I had a team in Perth and the medical team in Perth was so amazing. <laughs> like, honestly, I'll give them my firstborn child. Um, <laughs> they saved my life. And, you know, so there were hurdles, but I just had to keep them all under wraps and just talk to the company manager about it and let them know that I was okay 
and Kirby and I were a team because there's sometimes like I remember one time the poor thing had food poisoning and she was like no my mum and my grandma are in oh no <laughs> and I'm holding her permed wig back while she throws up in a bin oh, and I'm like alright no. we gotta go we gotta go she's like alright cool yeah and she goes I'm not gonna change my shoes I'm like okay good but get on stage and but we were such a great team and yeah like we adored each other that we got each other through things very easily. So, but apart from that, like it's so cliche that I really did have the time of my life. It was, I was playing Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Like it just doesn't get any better than that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, that is awesome. You talked before about social media. What potential do you see for social media for the next generation of dancers? You, um, grew up in a generation where you had to go and shake someone's hand, you had to walk into that audition room, you had to network. Whereas kids of this generation have social media at their fingertips where they can get in touch with all of these industry people. What advice do you have for young people? 100%. um, I also am frustrated because there's no footage of me dancing when I was young and fierce. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When I could do 10 pirouettes into a box split and crawl through into a backflip, like, I don't have footage of me doing that. Yes. Because cameras were like $8,000 and yeah. there was no YouTube, you yeah. know. Um, so on one hand, you can make a show reel for no money and send it to Kelly Abbey and say, here's my stuff. I'd love to meet you. When's your next class happening? Even in the 90s, you had to know someone who knew where a class was happening to yeah. find out when class was on when I came to Sydney. Yeah. And now you can just Google it. You know? Yeah. And enroll um, online other... and pay your money and be there and off you go. Exactly, exactly. But the other side of that is there's a lot of things that me as a younger adult would have published and put out that now I'm a leading man in musical theatre. And I know that sounds like a, a tacky thing to say, but it's the truth. Yeah. Um, that I wouldn't want to be public. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's um, a fine line, isn't I, it? I think to myself when I see some things of people posting when they're 16 or 17, I'm like, ooh, that's there forever. Like, professionally it's great, but personally it can really, if you're not careful, it can um, be quite detrimental. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I mean, me and my friends used to film spoofs of like NSYNC and all, all these um, boy bands <laughs> in our lounge room. And we found them on on um, tape, videotape, yep. probably a, a year ago. And we were laughing and laughing. And um, like we had full Corey, it was a full production. I'm sure it was. Um, <laughs> and when I, but I thought, I said, oh, that would have been posted to YouTube if we were in this yes. next generation. Yeah. And we were like, oh, God, no. Imagine how embarrassing. <laughs> Not at the time, so, yes, but especially to look back sword. on 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, eyebrow ring and peroxide blonde hair. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the conversation about it being bad, I don't think it is bad. I think it's just, it's got to be used wisely. I mean, I was taught, I had to be taught how to, to kind of do Instagram and all of this stuff for dirty dancing and how to do it properly. And when I learned that, it's a very powerful tool. Like I can yeah. connect with people and reach out to people that I would never be able to have reached out to before. Fabulous. And that's how you and I got in touch. So Exactly. Kurt Phelan, thank you so much for joining us on Ask a Dancer. Is there any message you would love to leave aspiring dancers with today? Never give up, never surrender. Good advice. That's my message. I love yes. it. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, good luck with the next project. 
Thank you very much. Hope to see you in New York one day. Indeed. Got a question for one of our dance stars? Tweet your question to at DanceQA with the hashtag AskADancer. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Ask a Dancer. We're trying our best to make these episodes as regular as possible, so please make sure you share the episode if you enjoyed it. If you've got a burning question or a dance star you'd love me to interview, check me out on Twitter. You can find me at DanceStacy and make sure you use the hashtag AskADancer. We'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And a big special thanks to our friends at Dance Around the World, who are the dance tour specialists. If you want to go travelling around the world with your dance school and your dance teacher, just get them to get in touch with Dance Around the World, www.dancearoundtheworld.com.au. Thanks so much for tuning in. I look forward to talking to you soon on Ask a Dancer. Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Get in touch with us at WPMPA.co or at Dance Q&A on Twitter.